Thank you, preacher. Well, amen. Hey, it's good to be in uh, Martinville, New York. I'm Scott Netterville, my wife Debbie, and we're known as Ambassador Baptist Ministries about eight years ago uh, after having uh, served almost 20 years, uh, served other uh, preachers doing everything from uh, bus director, youth pastor, uh, uh, in general flunky, uh, helped uh, start a Bible college, associate pastor and so on, then uh, pastored for 10 years. Eight years ago, we uh, moved uh, back to Illinois from Texas. Uh, my wife's from Illinois and uh, uh, started Ambassador Baptist Ministries. I said last night, folks, our, our nation's in bad trouble. And the, uh, the problem is this, I won't go as far as I did last night, but the problem's a spiritual problem. And we need to understand that because we're a spiritual people. And see, I, I really believe this with all my heart, folks. I am looking at the crowd that can help uh, change things. Uh, I'm looking at the crowd that can do something about what's going on. And I, I get it, you know, I, I know the Lord is, uh, I, I believe he's soon to come back. I believe the trumpet sound uh, won't, won't be far away. But uh, at, at the same time, we need revival in a desperate way in America. And uh, I, I would say this, if we're going to have revival in America, it's going to have to start with individuals. That means that, that we need to have revival as individuals. We need to have church-wide revival. And uh, I, I would encourage you, please, be praying towards that end. We, uh, my wife and I had uh, sold our home down the Houston area and uh, bought a fifth wheel. Uh, that's what we live in now. You may have seen our truck next door there. Uh, we didn't bring our fifth wheel with us, and we do appreciate so much the uh, missions trailer that you have there. I don't know who stocked that refrigerator, but you are my friend. Is it you folks? Did thank you so much, boy. I'm telling you, there's everything in there that you could think of, and plus. And so, uh, uh, thank you much. I, I was uh, drinking orange juice, drinking chocolate milk. I never get that stuff, you know. Amen. And so my wife won't let me have it, and so, uh, so. I appreciate it, amen. She can't stop me now, amen. But uh, but thank you so much, uh, Pastor, for allowing us to come, Brother Kenny, for for inviting us. We uh, listen. We, we our our heart is so burdened. There, there's the majority of independent Baptist churches in America are 50 folks or less. Many of the pastors that are pastoring those small churches. Uh, become discouraged uh, because they're trying to work a job, they're trying to raise a family, uh, they're, they're trying to uh, uh, pastor a church, uh, and there's not enough time in the day to do all of those things and something not suffer. Normally, what ends up suffering is the family because they're easiest to put off. Uh, Dad has to, uh, you know, do the study time to get ready for services. He's got to make visits, he's got to, uh, uh, you know, do the normal uh, uh, door knocking, trying to help the church grow. Then uh, there, there's uh, the working of job, 
and and so it, it just takes up so much time and it's easy for dad to just say to mom listen you're gonna have to take over some of my responsibilities and and listen fellas I, and I know it's not true all the time but most moms are not equipped to uh, uh, take care of the discipline down at the house that needs to be taken care of they don't want to take care of that discipline and by the way it is a must that it be taken care of amen and, and so uh, mom begins to take over dad's duties, uh, whatever they are, and she becomes discouraged because dad's not there, and uh, the kids become discouraged because mom's discouraged. Once you have a mom and kids discouraged, you're looking at a pastor that's discouraged. Once you have a pastor that's discouraged, you're looking at a church that's fixing to close its doors. Uh, uh, I, I have a friend that just... Uh, this past week in Louisiana that uh, shut down his church. Uh, we're seeing, I s quoted the statistics last night, about 4,000 churches a year close their doors here in America. We're only starting about 1,500. Of that 1,500, only 50% of those are making it more than five years. Folks, we're, we're on the losing side as far as those statistics go. Now, we know we're on the winning side, amen? But, uh, but, but listen, we, and I would ask you, please pray for small churches. Our, our heart when we got started was helping small churches, help start new churches all over the nation. Again, we bought a fifth wheel and just got on the road. Many times we'd go in, stay a month at a church just trying to be a help, uh, trying to put, new faces in the pew. One of the biggest things you can do to encourage a small church and a small church pastor is to put visitors in the pew, put, uh, uh, to help, help them see some folks safe, and that brings some life into a church. And so, uh, and a lot of times too, man, it, it just somebody coming over to spend some time in prayer, to spend some time in fellowship. I know we, we babysit kids sometimes just so mom and dad can go out on a date they hadn't had opportunity to uh, even get away from, uh, uh, get from everything and get away by themselves. And so uh, we'll take the time to babysit the kids and, uh, uh, so that mom and dad can have some free time. Uh, but uh, they just need somebody to come in and be an encouragement so they can continue on. Then also uh, the thing of helping to start a new church. Uh, we'll normally go in and try to stay about six weeks and uh, we'll, uh, whether it's painting a wall, cleaning a toilet, or uh, getting out knocking doors, we do whatever uh, that pastor needs done. Because many times what we find that that church planning pastor has, uh, you know, some support from back home, financial support. He has prayer support, but what he doesn't have is physical labor. And that's where we come in and just try to be uh, a help to them in physical labor. So, Pray, pray for uh, us and for Ambassador Baptist Ministries. We did start uh, in July of 2020 uh, the Bible handout ministry. Uh, got a call today from a pastor down in Alvin, Texas uh, over the last, uh, I, well, I, he didn't say how many weeks. I believe it's been four weeks. Uh, they've, just, they've done two Bible handouts. They've passed out 153 Bibles, but they had five. Uh, first-time visitors on Sunday from the Bible handout. 
Uh, so uh, uh, it, it is still, we have seen so many folks saved. We've seen folks in church from it. And the reason is uh, when, when they stop at the Bible handout, uh, they've already expressed a spiritual interest. Uh, we just put up signs that say free Bibles. They stop and uh, we give them a Bible. Of course, talk to them about church, invite them to church and so on, then talk to them about the Lord. But uh, God has used that in a great way. Uh, I, I don't want to take too much time there, but uh, I, I would encourage you, please, if you have opportunity on is it Friday and Saturday, uh, please come out to the Bible handout. I promise you'll have a good time. Uh, it, it's always a fun time. Uh, do bring a chair because we uh, there, there's times that, uh, you know, when you first set up, uh, it, it may take 10 or 15 minutes. Sometimes it's, it's an hour before somebody stops the first time. And then uh, there will be a group that uh, stops and gets Bibles, and then you might have another little break. It doesn't always work like that, but sometimes it does. Most of the time it's 10 or 15 minutes before you uh, have your first person, and then uh, things will just kind of go from there. But we've seen it to where we were down in St. Charles, Missouri at Amazing Grace Baptist Church, and uh, uh, we were uh, doing a Bible handout. We had probably, I don't know, around 20 people at the Bible handout. We felt like we were kind of overwhelming people and thought it might be, uh, you know, just too many people there. But we were next door to a Panda Express in a, just an abandoned parking lot. And uh, before we knew it, we had traffic backed up so that folks could not get into the Panda Express. We had six folks talking to people at cars, and people were actually waiting uh, five and ten minutes to uh, get a Bible and allow us to talk to them. So you just never know what God's going to do. It doesn't happen like that all the time, but I promise you this, you'll have a good time. So please, uh, if you would, come out and uh, uh, be with us on uh, Friday and Saturday. Take your Bibles, if you would. Hebrews chapter 1. I want to just kind of pick up uh, to where I, uh, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to repeat a little bit, but uh, I, I want to just continue down that vein of doing some, some uh, soul winning training, if that's all right, preacher, because, th listen, I, I am convinced, folks, it's, it's the command we're under. It's the orders we're under. And, and there are too many of the people of God that have ignored the uh, command. And, and you, you and I can't afford to ignore the command. People are dying and going to hell. And, and folks, that's, that's real. And it's our job to reach them with the gospel. It's not our job to save them, but it's our job to... to, to uh, get the gospel to them. And, and listen, uh, I, I really believe this. Everybody deserves to hear a clear presentation of the gospel at least one time. And, and so I, I don't know about you. I'll be honest. I grew up in church hearing the gospel preached every week. Uh, I mean, my mom, I, I tell folks, uh, I was one of those 60s, 70s, uh, long-haired, motorcycle-riding uh, drug head hippies, and I was pretty, amen. And, uh, and uh, my mom caused my drug problem. Uh, she drugged me to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, amen. And I, I am thankful she did. 
because when the Holy Spirit of God showed up at my apartment, it was September the 14th, 1981. See, I knew exactly what was going on. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I, I knew that I needed to get saved. I knew how to get saved because mom had drugged me down the house of God all my life. I was a 23-year-old young man before I got saved. But uh, folks, you listen, uh, there are people out there that just like I was that had rebelled. That, that, To be honest, there's people that are hurting there are people right now, folks, that are still scared to death of, of what's going on in our nation and around the world. And, and we're, and, and I get it, Christ is the hope, amen. But see, he uses us. And so I'd say it this way, you're the, their hope. You're their hope. And sometimes we kind of forget that. And we can't afford to forget that. Because they need you. you. You may not look at it like that, but I'm telling you, they need you. See, there's people that'll listen to you that'll never listen to pastor. There's people that'll listen to you that'll never listen to Brother Kenny or never listen to me. There's people that you know that, that nobody else here knows. People that maybe you work with, people in your neighborhood. That, that God has... Uh, put you in their life on purpose. We need to remember those things. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1. How many of you have that? All right. That's not where I want you. Amen. I want you in Philemon verse 6 there. All right. But if I said Philemon verse 6, Brother Kenny would still be looking for the book of Philemon. It's a whole lot easier to say Hebrews 1 and get him right there. Amen. So, so if you would, uh, I'm sorry, Brother Kenny, amen. He deserves it, though, amen. Uh, look, look at verse 6. We're going to use this as kind of a jumping-off point. It says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. Tonight, I, I want to use a truth uh, found in our text verse that helps us in being effectual uh, soul winners or effective soul winners. The truth that I notice in this verse is uh, most Im that is most important is found in one word. That word is this: it's become. See, become has the implication that I've not arrived or perfected the communication of my faith, my witnessing uh, to the lost. I've I found there's always, uh, if you will, there's always more to learn. There, there's always room for improvement uh, when it comes to our soul winning. Amen? And uh, I, I just want to, uh, if, if we could, real quick, turn to John chapter 15. Uh, Y'all are going to have to listen faster than I talk. My wife says I cannot talk fast. I'm from the south, and so, amen, that's just the way it is. Uh, by the way, you are the one with the accent, not me. Just thought I'd point that out. Amen. But if you look in John chapter 15, look at verse 2, and, and we'll look at a couple of verses here. It says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now listen, he's not talking about losing your salvation, but can I just kind of paraphrase it like this? You're in trouble with the boss. 
If you're not winning folks to Christ, you're in trouble with the boss. And say amen right there. And he, and he says, now look at it. And every branch that beareth fruit, I want you to notice he said every branch. See, God has an expectation of every branch producing fruit. Now, if you're saved, you're, you're, part, you're a branch. How many of you are saved this evening? Raise your hand, wave at me. Amen. All right. Now listen, you, you are, he said, every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Verse 5 now. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear what? Much fruit. All right? So shall you be my disciples. Now, here's the, here's the point, if you will. Uh, uh, the, the point is this, that every branch is to bear fruit, and the more fruit, the better. Amen. Uh, that's what he says. He said every branch is to bear fruit, and he said he's going to clean us up so that we can bear more fruit. Now, he... he Talks about that in verse 3. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Hey, you need hard preaching. Amen. Why? Because you're dirty. You got sin in your life. Amen. I know we don't like to talk about it, but it's true. And so the Bible says that we need to be cleaned up. And as we get cleaned up, he said we can bear more fruit. And then he said, if you learn to walk with me, Abide in me. That daily Bible reading, that daily prayer line, that daily walk with God. He said, then you, you can start bearing much fruit. And see, then God's glorified, he said. And, and so we need to understand tonight that, listen, every one of us that say have an obligation to glorify God, through bearing much fruit. Now, let me say this just by way of uh, it, it, just making you mad to start out with. When's the last time you had a visitor at church with you? And if not, why not? What's your problem? Amen, we all right? See, see the truth is, See, folks, we don't do the saving, but God will use us if we'll make ourselves available. And He gets glory from that. And, and so uh, I, I, I want to just quickly three things tonight out of Philemon verse 6. It, it shows here in John 15 what I'm talking about when I say to become effectual. That the communication of thy faith may become. See, you may be just bearing fruit right now. God wants to get you where you're bearing more fruit or much fruit. Mark chapter 4, I think, would do the, uh, maybe uh, give us the same type of illustration where Jesus is interpreting the uh, uh, parable of the sower uh, in Mark 4.20 where he talks about uh, the seed that is uh, sown on good ground. And he said some produce 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. See, they're becoming more effective. And so I, I, I want to just give us some, some more things tonight 
on, on how to become effective. First, I'd say this by preparation. By preparation. In other words, working at it. Working at it. I, I talked about it last night. Uh, if you were here last night, help me out. What are the three P's uh, uh, of... Uh, there you go. Practice, practice, practice. Listen, you ought to work at it. You ought to work at being the best soul winner that you can be. You know, you've worked at a lot of things in your life. Man, many of you have gone to college so that you can have a good job and make good money. But is really that the most important education that you get? See, I'd say this, to become a better soul winner is much more important than your career here on earth. And see, to work at being a better soul winner would certainly make more sense to me than being the top chemist or nuclear physicist or psychologist or psychiatrist. I think psychiatrists need psychiatrists, amen. But I, 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 listen, it doesn't matter what the career is. You may be the best carpenter in all the world, but can I say you ought to be a better soul winner. You ought to work at it so that you become effective. You and I uh, should work at perfecting our witness uh, on, on each part. I, I would say there's, there's kind of three parts, if you would, to soul winning. There's the introduction, there's the message, and then there's the close. And I, I want to deal with, uh, I'll deal with a little bit later the close because I think that's, there's two areas where Satan really fights us the hardest. And, and I, I'm going to deal with those two things. I kind of dealt with one of them last night. And in fact, I'm going to repeat a little bit of that and, and then go on from there. But, but uh, uh, you know, the, the message is this. The message is our weapon. Now, I said it last night in 1 Peter 3.15. He says this, uh, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts or set it apart. Set the Lord apart. Is something special, amen? And he said, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that's in you. See, you ought to know the message like a soldier knows his weapon. I mean, just, I, I, I've never had the honor of serving in the military. I'm sure some of you have. Man, if, if you have a weapon, they expect you to be able to uh, you know, tear that thing down, put it together, just about blindfolded. Because that, that thing's going to be your friend. That thing's going to be what keeps you alive. You get out there on the battlefield. And can I say, I, I, the gospel is our weapon against an adversary that's seeking to devour people. And the better we know how to give the gospel, the clearer we can make it, then can I say the more effective we're going to be for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, I, I, again, I want to just continue to, tonight on some uh, biblical principles. And uh, I, I would start out right here, folks, because I, I believe this is probably the biggest area that I find where we fail. Fear is a factor. Fear is a factor. Man, it, 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 turn if you would to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. 
Verse 16 says this, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Can I say that I believe those fiery darts are kind of like this. You and I have this antenna that uh, I, I know we can't see it. It's kind of one of them invisible things. But Satan just kind of throws some fiery darts uh, uh, through the air. Uh, I, and it's things like awful thoughts that distract us, that uh, hinder us. That, that, uh, uh, and it, it seems like our antennas are pretty good about picking up those fiery darts that he throws, amen? And, and so understand Satan uses mental warfare against us when it comes to uh, soul winning. And let me uh, say this again tonight. Soul winning is not a time or a place. Soul winning is a lifestyle. Say amen right there. Listen, it, everywhere you go, you ought to be a soul winner. I, I'm, listen, how many of y'all have family that's lost? Uh, listen, have y'all found this? The hardest folks to witness to is family. You remember uh, the parable? Of, or it wasn't a parable. It's a story of the Gadarean demoniac. How that once he gets saved, we find him at Jesus' feet clothed and in his right mind. He wants to go with Jesus. The end of the story, he, he's asking Jesus, can he go with him? Jesus tells him no. He said, I want you to go home and show how great things God hath done for thee. Can I say, if you're going to win family, they're going to have to see great things God has done in your life. See, if I steal that same old long-haired uh, uh, drug head uh, after I, I, I tell folks I got saved and then I, 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 I hadn't changed, uh, God, I, I mean, I don't let God clean me up. Can I say that uh, I'm going to be pretty ineffective about talking to folks about the Lord? See, the, the world, have y'all ever noticed this? When you got saved and you told folks, the world automatically pulled out their spiritual magnifying glass. They don't even know what they're looking at, but they know what they're looking for. Amen. And man, they are watching you, and as soon as you blow it, they're on you. Oh, look what you did. I knew you wasn't real. huh? See, they need to see some great things, what God's done in your life. I'd say this, and I'm not, listen, I'm not your pastor, but I'd say this. Man, don't, don't give away those things that separate us from the world that causes us to have a great testimony. Don't give those things away. And don't, don't get back into the, to the materialism and the, the worldliness, the carnality. Man, look the part. Act the part. Dress the part. We've got a crowd nowadays that, that as Christians, they want to look just like the world. They, they want to go back into drinking. I, preacher, I don't get that stuff. I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but see, that, that lifestyle that, that I was living, that rock and roll lifestyle, was just about to destroy my life. It just about had me in hell. 
Why in the world I'd want to go back to that? I don't get to churches that want to get rid of the choirs and get them a praise team and uh, want to bring the rock music into the church house. Cut that out. You're welcome. Amen. Why in the world would we want to give away the great things of separation that God has given us and water our witness down? especially when it comes to family. I don't know about you, but man, we pray for family every day. It hurts to think that, man, I, we know we have some nieces and their little kids, some nephews and, and others that are not saved. Man, don't, don't give that away. But, but understand, fear is a factor. And, and the strongest attack is that Satan uses is before we go. See, before we go, there, there's the thoughts of why go. Well, you know, I'm, I'm tired. It's been a long day. It's been a hard day. And I'm tired, and I, I deserve a day off on the weekend. Say amen right there. You know you've had those thoughts. Huh? Uh, I, it, by the way, others don't go. I mean, I don't know if y'all have deacons, but how come they're not a-going? How come the Sunday school teachers aren't showing up? Where are the Sunday school teachers? Where's the other leadership in the church? Why, why aren't they going? And if they don't go, why should I go? Uh, the, the thoughts of, uh, 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 of this, well, you know, the weather's really bad. During the summer, it gets too hot. Now, I'm not going to say about winter because I'm a winter sissy, amen. I, when, when, we, when we got married, my wife and I got married, uh, we moved up to the, we live about 60 miles south of Chicago. I hadn't been out of Texas but a few times. And I moved up to Chicago. And uh, the first couple of times it got below zero. Uh, I have to admit I didn't. I was not a happy camper. We. I was telling them. I believe it was last night. I was telling my my wife still makes fun of me. We was driving across the river bridge there, and I told my wife, "Look." She said, "What?" I said, "Look." What? I said the river is frozen. She said, "Yeah, it does that every year." What? So you know, I get not going when it's cold. But don't use that as an excuse, amen. Don't be like me and be a winner, sissy. Uh, that, the thing of intimidation. Man, I'm not sure what to say. What if they ask me a question that I can't answer? I, I, I mean, I, I'm not the best soul winner anyway. And I, I, man, they, they, they're liable to ask me something and trip me up. And, and what if I tell them something wrong? And it, it just boils down to this. It's fear. Satan is using our fear against us. And it is a factor. We have to, listen, our defense is in several things. Turn to 2 Corinthians, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. Now, Brother Kenny told me 9.30 is a good time to quit tonight. Is that, is that, 
Look at, look at verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So understand our first defense is this. It, it's, it's the way we think. It's the way we think. Remember First uh, Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. That sober means thinking right, sound of mind. Be thinking right. Be vigilant. Watching. Man, we know the devil's going to attack. Before you ever go, he's going to attack. And so we need to be thinking right. We need to realize, man, the attack's coming. I need to be watching for it. Man, it's liable to be tonight. I got a headache. Amen. Or, or you know, the kids. Can I, can I say this without trying to be too unkind? Don't use your kids as an excuse not to go. See, God has a way of removing excuses. You want to be pretty careful about that. Moms, you, they make stroller, strollers. What are those things? Thank you. Strollers. You, you can put a kid in a stroller and carry them with you. Dad, by the way, why don't you take the kids instead of mom having to? Huh? Why is it always the burdens on mom? Now, ladies, I gave you a good shot to say amen right there, and y'all blew it. Now, next time, I'm not going to be so kind, but listen, y'all better say amen. Uh it, it, remember this, you, you have a partner. Every time you go soul winning, you have a partner. That's our defense. Remember? What did he say? And lo, I am with you. See, it is impossible for you to talk to somebody about Christ by yourself. It will not happen. God promised. Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen? Uh, uh, another defense we have is this. Remember James chapter 4, verse 7? Anybody re remember that one? Come on now. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Man, when he starts throwing those fiery darts into your mind, man, I, I don't want to go. What if, I, what if I mess up? What if I, what, what? Just remember, man, it's old Satan. And, and the truth is, that uh, all I have to do is say, drop dead, Satan. For those of us that are old enough, you remember uh, when Nancy, when Ronald Reagan was president, Nancy Reagan had a drug initiative. She said this, just say no. Just say, just tell the devil, no. I'm going anyway. Uh, how about this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11? Look, look back over there real quick. Uh, it says this, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Suit up. Just suit up. Amen. Uh, we, we have the defense of walking by faith. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, back there in Ephesians chapter 6 and Verse uh, 16, it says, above, above all. 
I'd encourage you to do a study on that sometime, all the above alls. But above all, take the shield of faith. See, you can defeat Satan with that shield of faith. Amen? Uh, and, and the last thing under that fear is a factor in our defense is this. Experience and training builds confidence. Remember that when you got that, that new job, it's the first day on the new job, Man, you, you go over there, you don't even know where the time clock is. Man, you, I mean, nerves set in, amen. Scared, what do I do? I don't know anybody here. But man, after you've been going there for a couple of weeks, you, you don't need anybody's help. You know where the time clock is. You know where, what time the break is and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and before long, see, you're, you're running that machine or you're, uh, doing that sales or whatever it is. I, I mean, you, you're on your own. Why? Because of experience and training. And before long, see, uh, it, it's not too long that uh, you, you've gotten to the point to where they're coming to you now and saying, look, would you train this person in doing what you're doing? And by the way, 2 Timothy 2.2 tells us to do that. That's part of the continuation of the Great Commission. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. See, this, this thing of the a Great Commission, I told you last night, the Bible's just as much a book of methodology as it is theology. See, God did not, that, that command is literal. Amen? Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Not going to go into all of it tonight, but understand that command is literal. And it is to continue on. By the way, it has happened before. There is a generation that the gospel got to every creature. If you don't believe it, then buy the CD from last night. Amen? And... Brother, I'll take some royalties off of that. And, uh, uh, so, uh, experience and training helps to build confidence. Amen? Uh, let's go on. Uh, the, the next thing I'd say is this. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. How, how many of y'all would say, man, I, I, it, maybe you've heard this, maybe you've even said it, but preacher, I just, man, I, I, I have a problem really following and listening to the Holy Spirit. Anybody Ever said that before? See, hands all over the house. Take your Bible, turn to John chapter 10, verse 27 real quick. John chapter 10 and verse 27. You already know this verse. You've read it so many times. This is what it says. My sheep, what? Hear my voice. You know when that lie comes along, boy, I just, I just can't listen to the Holy Spirit. I just have a hard time listening. Wait a minute. Who's telling you that? Uh, he's lying to you. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Now, let's, let's be honest. The closer you are in fellowship, the easier it is to listen. Amen? Isn't that right? So really, if we're spiritually prepared as we go, then man, it's easier to listen to the Holy Spirit. And let's be honest, we must listen to the Holy Spirit of God as we go. Uh, in fact, 
Uh, let, me, let me show you a reason why. Go back to the book of Jude. To the book of Jude. Just any chapter that you want there in Jude. But if you would, look, look down to verse, uh, verse 22 and 23. Jude, verse 22. This is what it says, And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Can I say, as we go and talk to folks, some people respond to the love of God. Others respond to the fear of God. And I'll be honest with you, I responded to the fear of God. I remember that morning that I got saved is September the 14th, 1981, 6.30 in the morning. Man, I was under conviction. I knew I was going to hell. And I did not want to go to hell. And I, I called out on the Lord and asked Him to save me that morning. Listen, other folks, though, respond to the love of God. Now, let's be honest. You and I don't have any idea what's going on in the heart of people. We don't know what will motivate or move them. Who does? The Holy Spirit. God does. So we have to learn to listen to Him as we go. Because the truth is, and I have found this time and again, as I'm talking to people, that the Holy Spirit of God will direct me in, whether it's in, in illustrations that I use, the way that I, I present the gospel, that... that Man, the, the Holy Spirit of God, it's, man, we must allow Him to direct the thoughts of our mind so that we can present the gospel in a way that these folks are going to respond to. And, and again, we can't see their hearts, but God can. And so it, it, we must learn to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Do not believe that lie of Satan that you don't know how to listen or you can't hear, you have a hard time. Wait a minute. If you're having a hard time, it's because your fellowship's not what it ought to be. And don't buy into his lie because Jesus said clearly, my sheep hear my voice. All right? Uh, let, let's go on to another one. Preacher kind of hit on this last night a little bit. A silent partner trainee. I, I encourage folks to use that method. A silent partner trainee. If you don't know how uh, to win souls, then I would encourage you, begin to memorize the verses uh, that go along with uh, a, just a simple Romans Road type uh, uh, soul winning plan. Everybody has to start somewhere. The simplest thing to do is just, man, the fact of sin, Romans 3.23, the, the consequences of sin, Romans 6.23. The remedy for sin, uh, Romans 5.8, Revelation 21.8. And then the individual response to the gospel, Romans 10.13. Uh, Man, begin to memorize those verses so that you have those, those things uh, down in your heart. But do this. Find a partner that you can go with that knows how to win souls to Christ. And you just go and be the silent partner trainee. You just let them do all the talking and you listen. Uh, by the way, let me encourage you. Man, when you begin to talk to somebody, don't, don't, 
if you're the, the silent partner, you need to do this. You need to help uh, uh, if there's any kind of distractions. You need to help take care of those so that the soul winner can continue to talk. Uh, you, you need to be praying for the soul winner. But do not try to jump in and interrupt the soul winner. Satan uses that thing as chaos. And they get distracted. Let one person do the talking. I've found this before. I've gone to a door. I began to talk. But it, it was obvious that my partner maybe had some commonalities with the person that we were talking to. So I'd just kind of stop and back up and, and say, hey, partner, why don't you uh, kind of take over? Because, listen, if, if there's some commonalities that they have, then God can use that. Uh, come on. Y'all know if, if uh, y'all go down south and I'm down south and we start talking to people, they ain't going to listen to y'all. They're thinking in their mind, see, y'all think the Civil War is over. We know it's still on. We just are trying to figure out how we're going to win this time and we'll be back, amen? And so they ain't listening to you. They're thinking, Yankee. That's... <laughs> so yeah, I'm saying there's times, really, and I, I, let me be serious now. There are times that you have some maybe inroads with somebody that the partner does. Back up and let the partner take over. Listen, this isn't about notching our belt and trying to get big numbers or something. That's not what it's about. See, this thing is real. This is about getting folks saved. This is not some numbers game. Listen, we, we, be honest, independent Baptists kind of got caught up in that for a while. That one, two, three, pray after me stuff. Folks, that, that easy prayerism doesn't get anybody saved. Prayer doesn't save anybody. It, it, we've got to learn that it, listen, the Bible says it's repentance and faith. Amen? Repentance toward God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We kind of talked about that last night as we uh, uh, was looking at how my sisters and I fought. All right? Luke chapter 5 and verse 10 And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt, what? What does it say in the end of the verse? Thou shalt catch men. Uh, let me, let me kind of, uh, I, I want to work on the clothes a little bit here, or what I call drawing the net. The principle is this, listen, Satan uses uh, our, our, our it, some of it's fear, anxiety, whatever you want to call it. He uses that a lot at the close. Uh, see, he doesn't want you to, to let them pray or lead them in a prayer. He, he wants you to kind of, in fact, we were just at a, at a, a meeting uh, to where, uh, one of the folks 
uh, it, it just admitted, you know, I, I was went through the whole gospel with this person, but I, I just wasn't comfortable uh, leading them in prayer. Let me say two things. First, sometimes that's appropriate. See, sometimes folks aren't really ready, whether they maybe they didn't pay attention. If you notice somebody's distracted and they're not really listening to you, don't try to lead them in a prayer. Prayer doesn't save anybody, all right? But, but learn to do this. Listen to the Holy Spirit because it may be they have listened, but they still don't really get it. And we don't want them to pray a prayer thinking they're saved because they prayed a prayer. So, and, and listen, but don't also, the, the opposite is true. Don't not lead them in a prayer because you think they aren't ready. Now, now be careful right there. See, again, we don't know. We need the help of the Holy Spirit of God. See, this is what the verse says. Thou shalt, what? Catch men. Now, how many of you guys like to fish? All right. I love bass fishing, man. I, 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 I used to say, uh, you know, I'd rather bass fish than kiss my wife. I don't say that anymore. I got in trouble too many times. Amen. But, but this is the thing. I understand when a guy goes fishing, the purpose is to what? See, and if I just get out there and I almost get him in and then let him go, you think, wow, what a dope. What's wrong with that guy? Uh, and see, it's the same way. We're out to catch men. The purpose is to catch them. Amen. He that winneth souls is... See, uh, the, the Bible is, is clear. God wants us to win souls. Amen. He wants us to catch men. All right? And, and so... Uh, I, I would say this. He, remember Matthew 4, 19. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. All right? So I, I, can I say this and y'all not get mad? Don't tell me you're following him and you're not a soul winner. Amen. See, because he said, if you follow me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And so... Understand our purpose is to catch men. So let me just give you a few things on working on the clothes and, and, and we'll be done, all right? Number one, uh, I've already kind of hit it. Trust God. He wants them saved more than you do. Trust God. Trust the Holy Spirit. He promised He'd show up. Now, if He promised He'd show up, that means He's working in their heart. Does that mean they're going to listen? No. Does that mean they're going to get saved? No. But can I say this? I'm going to just trust God with that. I'm going to do everything I can to draw the net to get them to ask Christ to save them. All right? I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, again, I said part of this last night, make your objective clear. As you are talking to them, as you are beginning to draw the net, if you will, the invitation, then we want to make it clear several things. Make clear their need. Remind them of the alternative. Make clear that, man, they need forgiveness of sin. Have y'all figured this out yet? Listen, salvation is not eternal life 
in heaven. Y'all are all looking at me going, what? what? Salvation is forgiveness. The other's just a benefit of salvation. Amen. God is looking to forgive sin. That's what salvation's about. And so understand that as we're talking to them, their need is forgiveness of sin. The alternative is they end up in hell. Remind them of that. Make it clear. Use words easy to be understood. Explain the word saved. Saved means two things. First, that you've been forgiven of all your sin. Secondly, you've been given God's gift of eternal life in heaven. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? See, it doesn't say might be or maybe or hope so. It says shall be. You know what that word shall makes that? Makes it a promise from God. He promised that if they'd call on him, that he'd save them. He promised. It does not say might be saved, maybe saved, hopefully. It said shall be. And then just ask him, listen, is God a liar? We know he's not. Ask him, would you like to be saved? Don't, don't, don't be intimidated by Satan. Ask him, man, wouldn't you like to be saved? Listen, then according to the Bible, what do you need to do? Listen for their answer. I, I was telling them last night, I was talking to a lady in Highlands, Texas, uh, in a, uh, y'all know what a washeteria is? I called it a laundromat last night for y'all, but it's a washeteria, amen? It's where there's a bunch of washing machines and dryers, and you put money in them, amen? Y'all call them laundromats. We call them washeterias. We was at the washeteria. A lady was there. I got to talking to her about the Lord, and uh, uh, so I, I got to the end. I asked her, ma'am, would you like to be saved? She said, yes, I would. I said, listen, then, then I want you to do this. I'm going to pray and ask God to help you to understand what I've showed you, then give you an opportunity to tell the Lord what's in your heart. That's normally what I'll do. I, I, I usually, I want them to pray and ask God to say, I want it, I want it to be clear that what they need to do is they need to talk to God and ask for forgiveness, amen? And so I, I'll, ask, I'll tell them, listen, you, you just tell God what's in your heart. So I prayed uh, and... and uh, Ask God to help her to understand. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in her heart. And then I said, ma'am, you go ahead and you tell God what's in your heart. And she said, dear God, you know I've been stealing at Walmart. I said, oh my. <laughs> my wife and I both looked up at each other. We'd not had that before, amen. But uh, this is the thing. Man, give them the opportunity to get saved. Ask them if they want to get saved. And then a lot of folks, let's be honest, many folks are intimidated. They don't know how to pray. They're scared to pray in front of somebody. So if that's the case, then I'll do this. I'll tell them, look, would you like for me to just help you to word a prayer? If they say yes, then I'll say, look, I want you to understand words cannot save anybody and prayer does not save anybody. See, what God is looking for is a matter of the heart. The Bible said he's wanting repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I will use that illustration of my sisters and I fighting. I said it last night. 
Man, growing up, I had three older sisters. Y'all are supposed to say, all right there. Feeling sorry for me, amen. Uh, I had three older sisters. We fought all the time. Uh, my mom would get tired of it every once in a while, and she'd say, Scott, that's enough. She'd say, now apologize to your sister. I'm sorry. <laughs> see, mom didn't let me get away with that. She knew I didn't mean it. And see, that's not what God's looking for either. God's not looking for, I'm sorry. See, God's looking for a heart of, God, I'm guilty. And I deserve to go to hell. And I need forgiveness. God, would you forgive me? See, if they're not willing to say, I deserve to go to hell, I, I'm a little leery. And so I will explain that to them before I lead them in a word of prayer. So that, I, again, I want to make it clear what my objective is and clear that there is a response needed and what their response needs to be. All right? Uh, let, me, let me finish here. Don't make it complicated. God didn't make getting saved complicated. It's easy to get saved. John R. Rice got saved as a four-year-old. Now, let's be honest. Not every four-year-old has enough maturity to be able to be saved. Most of this section over here doesn't have that. Well, never mind. <laughs> See, the, the truth is that that we, we need to make sure that we give them opportunity to get saved and that we draw that net, amen. But, but uh, don't, don't make it complicated for them. Man, I, there's some practical things. Are y'all, is everybody all right? Can I take just a few more minutes? Are, are y'all, if you need to leave, then go ahead. But let me just learn to do this, carry a concealed weapon. How many of y'all are Second Amendment people? Amen. Let me encourage you to do that. Carry a concealed weapon. Don't carry your Bible up to the door. Because if you carry your Bible up to the door, they ain't coming to the door. They're going to say, Billy Bible's out there. Shh. Have y'all ever walked up to a door, man? You can hear the TV blaring and everything else. All of a sudden it gets quiet. Uh, that's because they looked outside and saw you and they knew who you were. So learn to carry a concealed weapon. Uh, uh, do this. Uh, learn to go two by two, especially nowadays for safety and for encouragement, for strength. I, I, I teach this. Don't go into houses today. That's a dangerous practice anymore. I'm not saying that it's never appropriate, but even ladies, you don't know what kind of nuts behind that door directing that woman that's talking to you. You just don't know. Fellas, never go in a house where it's just a lady and it's fellas that's talking. Don't do it. You just set up the church to get shut down. Because, it, see, it's not the action that'll shut a church down. It's the accusation. And in the society that we're in, the accusations fly around pretty uh, heavily. Uh, it, be physically prepared. In other words, do this. Dress appropriately. 
used breath mints and foo-foo juice. Amen. Nothing worse than you talking to somebody and you got bad breath and they're dodging you like this, you know. Don't, don't do that to them. Take you some breath mints, a little Listerine or something, amen. And, and uh, uh, you know, put on a little aftershave or something, fellas, so that, because, let's be honest, you, you, maybe you've been out all day or something in the sun, or you, you, we can be offensive. So be, be physically prepared. Uh, a lot of folks ask about no soliciting signs I tell them this, follow your pastor's instructions uh, and, and then be emotionally prepared. Be emotionally prepared. Don't, don't, I've, I've watched before Mormons and Jehovah's Witness, they walk down the street like this. Man, it's like they're kicking rocks. They don't want to go the next door. They, you know. Man, they, I mean, listen, we have the truth, amen? We ought to be the crowd. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity a. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Amen. Can't wait to get to the next house. Wear a smile because they're watching you, I promise. Be, be emotionally prepared. Don't let Satan get you down while you're out there. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand our feet. I, I've gone over time. Forgive me. I, I wanted to be as much of a help as I can. Uh, folks, Never miss an opportunity to talk to somebody about Christ. We, Satan will make us feel so inept, uh, will make us feel like we, we, we don't know what we're doing. Don't listen to that stuff. Man, every one of you have a testimony. Man, your testimony is an effective tool to talk to people about Christ. Tell them what happened to you. But make the gospel clear to them. Amen. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me just ask you, first, are you saved? And if you died tonight, if you died right, I'm not asking you a church member, not asking you about baptism. I'm asking you, do you know there's a time in your life when you realize, man, that you had sinned against a holy God, that you deserved to go to hell, but you asked Christ for forgiveness. Can you look back to that time? If that's you and you're saved, would you just slip your hand up? Preacher, I'm saved, no doubt about it. Hands all over the house. Thank you. Is there anybody tonight? I, I wouldn't want to overlook you. I'd love to pray for you. Is anybody here to say, Preacher, I'm not sure about that. I don't know that I'm saved. I know this, I'd like to be saved. I, I know I don't want to go to hell. Preacher, would you pray for me? If there anybody like that, you'd slip your hand up. Preacher, I'm not sure. Please pray for me. Anybody like that tonight? All right. How many of you would say this? God spoke to my heart tonight. Maybe there's some things that you know you could improve, you know you could work at. Hands all over the house. Father, please, take a simple lesson, simple teaching. God, use it in folks' life. God, whatever you want to do in the invitation, in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you need to come tonight, the altar's open. Some little ones coming down here. Others already coming. If you need to come, we'll take a few minutes for an invitation tonight. Maybe you need to maybe renew some commitments about soul winning. Maybe in the past you used to be a soul winner and you've kind of given up on it. Quit going. Maybe you need to come tonight and just 
renew some vows of saying, I, I want to be a soul winner. Maybe you've not ever been, or maybe you've not really worked at it, and you know you need to. Why don't you come tonight and just tell God, God, I, I want to be a soul winner. Would you help me? God, would you grow me? Lord, I want to bear much fruit to glorify you. If you need to come, you come on.